Okay. Welcome back. We back Shark Tank Dynasty Pod post draft edition. Post draft. What a crazy weekend with the NFL draft, Shark Tank draft right after back to back. Yeah, that was that was intense, man. <sighs> a lot of controversy over that draft date. What was real intense was that Infinity War Endgame right after. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that Endgame right after. It I was mean, the same weekend. It was nonstop all weekend. Nonstop. I saw that Monday. Highly recommended, fellas. Don't miss out. See it in theaters. See it in theaters. A great movie. All right, so today we're going to give out some draft awards. A couple of our favorite teams might have won these awards we're gonna give an award for best draft most improved team biggest reach the stretch armstrong award stretch armstrong uh yeah and then we're gonna break break down some of these draft these these teams that drafted give them some draft grades yeah i mean some of us had a lot more draft capital to work with than others and uh we'll definitely be talking about Every team, regardless of draft capital, so all of you guys should be tuning in to the Shark Tank Dynasty Pod post draft edition. So let's let's dive right into it. Yeah, let's let's break down the draft day. So the awards, draft awards. We're gonna begin with our draft awards. Um, Do you want to tell them what awards that we will be selecting? Yeah. uh, First, I think we're gonna do. the best draft best draft overall all right all right who you got so who's who's the award go to for my best draft i chose the rhinos starting at 1-1 trading back gaining a 2020 first round pick and moving to 1-6 but not only that, there was a bunch of value scooped up throughout the whole draft, and I just think uh, he had the best value picks for where he was selecting. Love the Rhinos draft. My award for best draft. Let me read the paper. <laughs> for the award for best draft in the Shark Tank, my award goes to Pandemonium. Yeah! Let's go, Panda. Panda's feasting. Where's the, where's the feasting drop? Feasting. He's feasting out here. What, what I loved about uh, Panda's Panda's draft was Kyler Murray. He might be a game changer in the league. But not just Kyler Murray. He swooped Kelvin Harmon late, which I think might be turned to the number one wideout for, uh, for the Redskins. Also, Hakeem Butler who's a monster, and when Larry retires, he's going to be the top receiver in that backfield in Arizona. Um, also like Rodney Anderson, man. I really love Rodney Anderson coming into the draft. thought that was a great, great move. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this because we're going to go over all these teams a little bit later. But yeah, uh, That's true, but my award for best draft. Panda. Pandemonium and the rhinos. He's feasting. Yes, both uh, kings of the jungle out here. We see y'all. 
Now, as far as our next award we have. Most Improved Team. Okay, Most Improved Team. This gives us an opportunity to talk about who bolstered their roster the most during the draft weekend. It doesn't necessarily have to be draft picks, maybe. I would say from the end of season, last season, till post-draft. Okay. Whose team improved the most? Okay, so, Sean, we've got the uh, most improved from end of season to post-draft. Um, why don't you go ahead and start? Oh, yeah. Uh, let, me get the, let me get my award paper. So, coming in for most improved team in the Shark Tank, my award goes to El Guru. Yeah, man, El Guru. He didn't have any draft picks. He traded them all away, and he got A.J. Green. He got Devontae Freeman. He has Carlos Hyde on his roster. Greg Olson. Derek Carr. He's turned into a contender. Ooh, contender. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. What do you consider a contender? Would you consider a contender top four teams in the league? Top seven teams in the league? What oh, do you consider I think a uh, playoffs in our league is what? Eight. And he has a chance to make that top eight. All righty. So a contender to you, different to me. I think a contender is a top four or five team. You could have a f- top five honorable mention. But there's only a handful of teams I see as contenders in this league. But, um, yeah, a playoff, a playoff team, he can be. Yeah, and I think if you're a playoff team, you, it makes you – qualify as a contender you you have a chance to win the ship yeah anything could happen anything Anything could happen happen in playoffs man i've had a great number one scoring team in plenty of leagues and got crushed in the first week of playoffs on some unluckiness and it happens yeah it could happen to you tyler (laughs) we will have to find out that's for another episode all right who who's your most improved team tyler my most improved team has to be the man himself with the room to do better. Who's that? I'm just saying to do better. Tell me, have you heard that lady? Seems like uh, Drunk Marv took our advice and he thought he can do better himself. And <laughs> the acquisitions he made just this past weekend, I want to point out. Um, let's start with Allen Robinson. You know, the Twitter poll swung his way over 100 votes. He was favored by over 75%. So I love that trade for Allen Robinson giving up the 1 3 and a bunch of filler players. And then he also came away with Corey Davis for his 2020 first-round pick straight up from Pickle Rick. Um, I I don't blame Pickle for getting rid of Corey Davis, but I do love the acquisition for, you know, a 2020 first-round pick. I think that's that's good value there. Also, Calvin Ridley, 10 touchdowns last year. I love these guys for Dynasty. Each player that I have uh, brought up, 25 years old or younger. And then he's also gotten... Other pieces back like Jared Cook and some filler spaces on the bench there. So I like what Marv's been doing from a dynasty perspective. I think uh, that receiving core that he has there can stay together. 
and uh, also produced pretty well. So I'm going to give my award to Marv, seeing that before the draft, his starting receivers were Larry Fitzgerald, Robert Woods, and Willie Sneed. So definitely like Marv, uh, his post, post-draft post team. All right, and our last award. Our last award. Not the, not the greatest award. But the Stretch Armstrong Award for the biggest reach. The person that reached the hardest in this draft. The biggest reach. Do you want me to start? Yeah. uh, Who's your award for biggest reach? (laughs) My biggest reach. I'm going to go ahead and pick on myself for this one. Um, I just look at ADP and in any other league that is not run by Niner fans, Jalen Hurd is going in the third round. Your boy, the champion, select him at, at the end of the first at 114, number 14 overall. I mean, and that that's what happens when you uh, have the luxury to take risks, fellas. Uh, you don't worry about what the ADP says, and you take who you want. I needed a 49er on my team. Love the touchdown potential, but I'm going to give myself the award for uh, biggest stretch. And... Uh, yeah, I think I reached a little bit on that one. But oh, yeah, you're reaching. I'm Reachosaurus Rex. Yeah, Reachosaurus Rex. Yeah, I think you caused a foul over there at that reach. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Pope James Harden in the eye yeah. <laughs> with that reach right there. <laughs> all right, all right. My ward for biggest reach. I think I said it in the chat earlier, but. Right, no. Everybody knows. You got one tail, four feet, twelve toes. The so war goes through. Rhino, look what grows. Two big horns on the tip of your nose. Yeah, my, my word for biggest reach goes to the rhinos. Definitely to the rhinos. For trading back from, I felt like a guaranteed workhorse back in Josh Jacobs to a player that I loved coming into the draft, Daryl Henderson. But I felt like Daryl Henderson... I mean, this is still very close to the NFL draft. Um, a lot of a lot of ADPs will change, but I I mocked Daryl Henderson going in, falling back into late first, early second, and that was because of the landing spot. He's guaranteed to not start the league, start the year as a running back. He's guaranteed to to fall into the backup range, maybe to pass catching back. Not sure how much work he's going to get at the beginning of the season, but uh, I thought that was a little bit too early. I felt like he could have traded back to possibly 110 and picked up Daryl Henderson. Yes, that is very possible, but like the Rhinos, he has the luxury of a a stacked-ass squad, so he chose to take the player that he felt had the most upside in the offense with the biggest upside in the league, you know, them and the Chiefs them being the Rams. Um, I loved Henderson pre-draft. Oh, we all loved Henderson pre-draft. I don't think it was a reach. I don't think uh, Gurley's health, it just tells me, you know, Gurley's health isn't anywhere where the Rams want it to be if they're going to um, invest so highly in a backup running back or a change of pace guy. I felt like they wanted a receiving back, and this guy is the ultimate receiving explosive he has that explosive element, and mm-hmm. they were missing that. If you watch them in the playoffs with CJ and Gurley, well, Gurley was still injured, but like Gurley's not the best pass catcher. 
Right. So, you could see him give up that pick when it just bounced off his hands. So to me, I look at that, and he can have standalone value right away. Just even if Gurley is healthy, he can be the pass catching back. But if Gurley is not healthy, I mean, Daryl Henderson becomes the instant one-one. And I think it's remained to be seen, you know, if uh, if Gurley is indeed as healthy as people are hoping. So to me. It, that's why I didn't choose that pick as the biggest reach of the draft. I thought mine was much more of a reach, but that's why we're here, and we're two great hosts. We have different opinions, and we respect each other. All right. Let's break down the draft. The it's draft. draft day. Draft again. Weekend. We had a blast. Um, Panda, thank you for hosting us again. We had, like, the biggest pizzas I've ever seen in my life. Probably the most pizza I've ever had in a day yeah <laughs> i had a hell of a lot of pizza um but yeah man thank the you pizza again. buffet pizza buffet pandas feasted yeah some micheladas <laughs> along the way man <laughs> i was living my best life shout out to panda shout out to panda for the king kong pizza but yeah let's go ahead and start from the top we're going to review draft um you know, draft grades, things of that nature, everyone's draft. Let's let's go ahead and start with my team, 114. Whoa, before we do that, I would love to hear the draft day drop. Oh, you mean you want to start off with a little Drake? Yeah. Can't you can't talk about the draft can't without the draft day drop. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Drake, so I'm all for starting, especially with me leading off right after Drake. You know, my team is great like Drake. We out here. (laughs) So, without further ado, um, let's go ahead and get into Fully Loaded in his draft day, my draft day. Oh, we're going to start with the champ. The champ at 114, Jalen Hurd. So, for me, Jalen Hurd, 49er, high upside pick. Someone that I could let develop on my bench if needed. Um... But yeah, the reason why I took him there, I felt like he would have gotten taken before my next pick. With, I, th- I think I know why you took him there. With that draft order, the way it was set up. No, no, it's because you're a cheater. And, <laughs> and Kyle Shanahan said they're going to move him to tight end. Yes. And if he gets the tight end icon in Yahoo. The designation, yeah. You will be the biggest cheater in the league. <laughs> back, back to back, back years. years. Hey. Running backs and receivers at tight end. Let me tell you guys, Jalen Samuels throughout that whole playoff run was a blast having a running back in my tight end position. This could be something similar. Shanahan said he would like to use him as a wide receiver and then also give him some tight end work and then even carries out of the backfield, seeing that Jalen Hurd was a running back that uh, beat out Alvin Kamara at Tennessee for a starting gig. So, my reasoning behind that pick, I love the upside there. Jalen Hurd, number 17, 6'5", 49er. Needed a 49er on the squad. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it turns into. It says uh, 
says on Yahoo, he was playing at 6'5", 250 when he was running back. Beast. That is that is the average like tight end size. Right. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start running some crazy double tight end sets with them out there, man. Oh, man, that sound, that's music to my ears. Just any way he can get on the field, I would love it. All righty, so my next pick, which uh, could have easily been my first pick, Noah Fant. What, would you consider that your best pick in the draft? I would. So once I go over the best pick, best value, and my biggest reach, yeah, I have Noah Fant as my best pick. I needed a, I need tight ends bad. If you guys looked at my squad going into the to the draft, I was um, really thin at tight end. I had one tight end on my whole team after Jalen Samuels' tight end designation got taken away. <laughs> <laughs> Deservingly so, <laughs> I might add. But um, so for me, I saw, you know, I need to, to stack up my tight end core, if anything. That explains why I drafted three tight ends out of my five picks. So, uh, yeah, do you have any thoughts on the Fant pick? Yeah, I thought your bet, uh, well, the Fant pick, um, I mean, he's going to come in there, he's going to start. Yeah. You picked up a starting tight end. That's great in the NFL. How Joe much work Flacco. is he really going to do with Joe Flacco? Yeah, Flacco sure, loves his tight ends. If you uh, look back, Dennis Pitta. You look back at uh, Kyle what Boyle. Like they've they've had their fair share of you know no name tight ends do work there because of just targets and sheer production. Mm-hmm. I think Noah Fant has a real opportunity to uh, to be like a George Kittle, honestly. Yeah, I think he's going to come in and he's going to get work. How much work he's going to get in that offense, how productive are they going to be in, uh, in on the Broncos, that's why I'm not sure how, yeah. how good Flacco's going to make that offense. But I think your best value pick was um, was definitely James Washington. Nice. After I was going Rhinos to get into that James one. James Washington, yeah, that was a sneaky pick. Just wanted to go in order here, so... I've got Noah Fant at 2-5. Then my third round pick at 3-14, Jay Sternberger, Packer, tight end. Um, I thought for me that that was a nice pick because I have the whole Packers offense already. This guy turns out to be a, t- a touchdown machine. I just wanted to make sure I had the connection with him and Rodgers. And then James Washington in the fourth. I do love that pick. Rhinos wasn't able to get any value for him, so he reverted to cut him. And Fully Loaded was there with his arms open, with the spot open on my bench. (laughs) I do like the James Washington pick, just a second-round pick a a year ago. So could be um, a big contributor this year with Antonio Brown gone, targets vacated. And then Chris Herndon at 514. That was another Rhino drop. He dropped him right in front of me at 5'9", selecting Justin Watson, who I was going to select with my fifth-round pick. And uh, ended up getting Chris Herndon at 70 overall, the 70th pick in our rookie draft. And, and he's, uh, he's another starting tight end. Yeah, starting tight end and had a decent year last year with a young quarterback. I think they grow together. So, yeah, I... I think my best pick was indeed Noah Fant at 2-5. That's the best value at 19 overall. A lot of ADP mocks had him going mid-first, 1-8, Oh, yeah, he, he went in the NFL draft early. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first tight end off the board, wasn't he? No, Hawkinson was at 8, Fant at 20 to the Broncos. Okay. But what's funny is I was 19, Fant 20 in the NFL draft, so... 
I'm, I'm liking that. I think Fant's going to be a great addition to my team. Uh, my best value pick, you gave me James Washington. I think that's a great choice. James Washington I selected with my, what is that, 56th overall selection in the draft was James Washington at 414. My best value to me was Chris Herndon at 514, 70th overall. Um, that's that's value that you can't beat. guy that started last year and actually had production. And then my biggest reach, Jalen Hurd, 114, 14th overall. And he could turn to another tight end on your double tight end squad. He could, he could. So You just start all tight ends. Considering the factors, what would you give me as a draft grade? What do you think would be fair? Oh, I, I already wrote your draft grade down over here. C+. Plus. How funny. I gave myself a C+. Plus. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I gave myself a C+. Plus. I thought that was fair. I was trying to grade myself as hard as I could be. Uh, even though my team needs suggested the three tight ends, you know, it still hurts to see that I took three tight ends in the draft. So, yeah, C+, plus I think, is very fitting. Yeah, you went from one tight end to like uh, four or five, possibly five, <laughs> maybe six if Samuels gets that designation back. <laughs> well, right. uh, I think you'll make up for that positional loss, and um, maybe you'll be able to cut some of these guys in the future. So, with that being said, it was a fully loaded draft. Fully loaded, back and reloaded, ready for the next year. So let's go ahead and uh, go to the next. Who are we talking about next? Next we have... You are free to eat. Am I? Are you? What? Pandemonium. And the runner-up last season, second place. Second place, and from the way he was drafting, it didn't look like (laughs) a second-place team. Straight up. Panda was all over the board getting value that's why sean had him as his best overall draft award winner yeah panda killed it let's go ahead and uh let's let's start it off man uh what's crazy is that coming in second place and having this many picks yeah i'm just loving these rookie players coming into the draft but what i loved about his draft was picking up these players that i feel like are gonna get instant value and that includes kyler murray who will probably be the have the most fantasy points out of all the rookies this season. Coming in also behind Kyler Murray was TJ Hawkinson. That guy comes into an immediate starting role. I mean, how much value is he going to get in Detroit? I'm not sure. Not the greatest. But uh, ha- <laughs> Hakeem Butler. <laughs> Yeah, I think we had, when we talked about him last time, we were comparing him to Calvin Johnson. And this guy is nasty. Yeah, Calvin compared himself to Hakeem Butler, so it's not just us. Yeah, this guy is nasty. A 4-4 speed. I think he was like uh, 6-5. Yeah, 6-5, man. And he was killing it on the highlight reel. Every catch was a highlight ESPN catch and double dipping with Kyler Murray is going to be nice Uh, also picking up these Washington Redskins receivers man he just found value all over the board (laughs) Kelvin Harmon he was a a top uh, rated receiver coming into the draft I'm not sure what pick he picked him but I know he 
Yeah, I know he got him late. That was his fourth selection in the draft by then, 212. That, yeah, that's... Let me kind of go over his draft board. Panda at one... He had back-to-back first-round picks in the first round. 1-8 and 1-9 selected Hawkinson and Murray back-to-back. Two day-one starters in the NFL, I believe. Um, and then at 2-1, he traded up right after my pick to get Hakeem Butler... Traded up right in front of Sean and Ryan, who were following that pick uh, to get Hakeem Butler. Then Kelvin Harmon at the end of the second round at 212. He actually had back-to-back picks there as well, and he selected Rodney Anderson with 213, who is, I think, the direct handcuff to uh, Mixon if he's healthy because their their styles are similar. Both played for Oklahoma. Um they're like twins. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an <laughs> awesome handcuff. And uh, it just remains to be seen if he can stay healthy. So I see why Brian targeted a different Bengals back. Um, and then Terry McLaurin, 3-1. So he almost had back-to-back-to-back picks at the end of the second round there. And I love the Terry McLaurin pick. Yeah, let's talk about talk it. Talk about value, man. Talk about value. Dwayne Haskins thrown to his old college buddy in Washington. Yeah, both coming out of the Buckeyes. I yeah. mean, he had 1200 yards with Dwayne Haskins <laughs> yeah this is this is great <laughs> this is great uh, he's picking up these players that are coming in with these rookie wide receivers and they're gonna get the ball instantly I, I'm loving this draft yeah and uh, then last but not least on his board was Dexter Williams at 413 another fully loaded handcuff off the board um, Dexter Williams at Green Bay he played at Notre Dame. The guy bleeds green already. Uh, that was an awesome pick. I was hoping I could get Dexter right after that pick. He kind of sniped me there. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that was a great value pick. So do you have anything to say about Dexter Williams? Uh, not really. I mean, I don't think he's going to get the field over Aaron Jones. Yep. And okay. They liked using Jamal Williams last year. Maybe he can jump Jamal Williams, but... I agree. I don't. I don't see him doing too much this season. To me, his uh, that draft selection threatens Jamal Williams more than anything. To me, um, but yes, yeah, I, so I see on here he also had Quadri Allison. That was his undrafted free agent selection. Okay, but yeah, that was a quality quality pickup for sure. I was surprised that the Falcons waited so long to pick up a running back. Sitting there with Edo Smith and Devontae Freeman. Yeah, Quadri Allison coming at 6'1", 228, uh, 1,200 yards. Um, and and he filled in for James Conner. He runs a four five eight, And yeah. he, if Devontae Freeman goes down, again, he's a little guy. If he ever gets hurt, I think Quadri's going to fill in more than Edo Smith. Okay, and then they also have Brian Hill from Wisconsin, who I really liked coming out of college. And um, I'm interested to see if they give him any opportunity for work there. That was somebody I was looking at pre-draft, and they didn't draft anyone notable to me. And I I think that if it's an open competition, Brian Hill is talented enough to uh, maybe warrant some touches there. All right, so let's dive into maybe the best pick. The best pick for the Panda, I I believe, was Kyler Murray at 1-9. I agree. Number 9 overall. Yeah. I think Kyler Murray is the highest upside player in this draft. And to get him at the number 9 pick, it's not that we were sleeping. It's a one-quarterback league. I think that's fair value. 
and Panda positioned himself perfectly to get the guys he wanted right there. So great job, Panda, getting the 1-1 in the NFL draft. Do you have anything to say about Kyler Murray? I think Kyler Murray speaks for himself. Yeah. We're just going to have to wait and see what they do in that air raid. I'm excited, man. I can't wait to see that offense with all these new pieces. I just love the word air raid. Air raid. <laughs> Sounds like you're about to kill some bugs. <laughs> air raid. Uh, for sure. Uh, let's go. Best value for Panda. Yeah. Who you got? For me, uh, I'm... I was going to say Akeem Butler, but I think I have to go with Kelvin Harmon. Okay. He got him. What what pick did he get him? Uh, 212, number 26 overall. Yeah. Man, that, that seemed like really late for someone that was toted as a high draft pick coming into the draft. And uh, 6'2", 221, 2,600 yards in his career. And uh, he's, he can jump. Yeah. And uh, he... Man, I, I thought he would have gone earlier. I'm interested to see how these receivers work out in Washington. Just considering the draft capital where McLaurin was taken versus Harmon and you know the, uh, the expectation. A lot of people expect Kelvin Harmon to outproduce McLaurin, but McLaurin was picked before Harmon. Seemed like Washington picked Harmon because he was best player available on their board. He probably was. And... That's I what just I said for value, man. Right for Panda's value coming in at the late two, late second round in our read in our dynasty draft. Right. That, but my point is McLaurin went after that, so I just oh he drafted McLaurin after that. He did. He did. So to me, I, I don't I didn't want to give Harmon the best value because I just think that there was other better value picks that Panda made. My best value for Panda was Dexter Williams. 55 overall. Um, if he does become the handcuff to, to Aaron Jones, then that dart throw was all worth it. So to me, I like that value. I just think, you know, with the end of the fourth round pick, are usually people usually throw those away. You know what I mean? So That's true. He can, you know, have a little lotto ticket there. Green Bay is an excellent offense to have a running back. I could attest to that. <laughs> and I think that that could be a, that could be a really good pick. Yeah, Panda had a lot of draft picks. And then biggest reach, biggest reach for the Panda. I'll go ahead and start with this one. And mine was actually Kelvin Harmon. And it's not because I think it was a huge reach. Panda got an excellent grade from me. It's just if I had to pick somebody, if I had to nitpick it, that's what I'm going to nitpick is Kelvin Harmon at 26 overall. I think he could have gone in the third round, but... At the end of the day, it all worked out for Panda just like myself. But, you know, according to ADP and things like that, I would say Kelvin Harmon, biggest reach. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about Panda's draft grade. What would you, you give Panda? Yeah, for his draft grade, I gave Panda an A. Yeah. A as an apple. You deserve it, man. Like uh, Sean said, to come in second place and have all this draft capital. And then when you look at his team, it's significantly better even before the rookies. Um, I just think Panda's had one hell of an off season, and his draft, you know, it don't it don't stop here. <laughs> Man, building all these wide receivers around Saquon and DJ is looking really nice. Yeah, it's looking really nice. Kyler Murray. Yeah, I gave Panda a plus. I thought, like I said, best draft yeah. in the draft. That's and fair. That deserves an a plus. That's very fair. Very fair. So a plus from Sean, a from myself, and then next. We have the former champ himself, 
Mr. Cheese. Mr. Big Checks over here. Big Checks. Big Cheddar. Yeah. I had to copy the, the AB logo. Booming. <laughs> Business is booming. Let's talk about the former champ here. Uh, originally at 112, um, he did not have any first-round picks. He made a huge trade before the draft, got rid of the 112, ended up with Mark Ingram and three second-round picks. Yeah, I traded back. Really I was trying to trade it. back. I loved that trade for you, man. Um, I knew right when you got those picks that 2-1 through 2-6 was going to be so intriguing in our draft just because it, it's Panda, you, me, Ryan, you know what I mean? I just knew that those picks were going to be very, very impactful on this draft, and it did not disappoint. <laughs> yeah, when, when I when I was mocking the draft, yeah, I uh, I did I wasn't feeling that that early the the late ish second ish first I mean first round position, so I traded back. But when I traded back, man, I all these landing spots is I was looking for someone that's going to get instant value, and uh, so I picked these players. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and start with your first pick at 2-2. Nicole Hardman, Georgia. Love it. Absolutely love it. That, that can easily be, you know, the most productive pick in this draft. Uh, going to the Chiefs, he has the same body type as Tyreek Hill, this, you know, similar play style. Um, I think that pick, you know, the Chiefs made a, a statement with that pick. They took Nicole Hardman pretty pretty early as, uh, as far as the draft capital. You know what I mean? So Hardman went 224 to the Chiefs, second round. This guy's going to be in the plans day one. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it's looking like uh, it's looking like Tyreek is not coming back. Yeah. It's a sad story. Marv, I would not hold your breath for that. I know you were saying a lot of what if Tyreek comes I, – I would not count on that. That's not something I would want to be counting on. But yeah, Hardman at two two is gonna come in right when Tyreek Hill is uh, gonna get suspended, and I think he's going to be producing this year. Honestly, yeah, that's why I picked him. I, the landing spot was the greatest landing spot. I thought out of all the receivers coming in to just someone they they have Sammy Watkins and. That was it. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball, man. Yeah. And if and, you want to talk about someone that can't stay healthy, Sammy Watkins has dealt with foot injuries his whole damn career going back to college. So, yeah, great, great pick, great value. Um, I think even at 112, you might have gone Hardman. So I think that was an awesome pick by you. Uh, next pick, Miles Boykin at 2-4. Miles Boykin, why don't you tell us why you went ahead and chose Miles Boykin at that 2-4? Oh, that that's easy. That was because I like salsa, and I like to double dip. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with yeah. Action Jackson back there, um, well, I mean, I, like I said, when I, when I draft, I'm looking for instant value. I'm trying to compete this year, so Miles Boykin is coming into – I feel like a starting role. They only have like Willie Sneed. They got Hollywood Brown. I think Miles Boykin's gonna come in there and instantly start. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they're gonna use Hollywood Brown. He's a smaller guy, but this guy is big. He's fast, 
Yeah, I feel like if anybody, Boinkin's competing with the five tight ends that they have on the roster. <laughs> um, but yeah, that pick, I love the the stacks. You know, we talk about double dipping. We talk about how great that can be for your team, you know, if you select the right offense. And Miles Boinkin can, like you said, he could come in, be that big number one receiver that Lamar Jackson needs. Yeah, he needs he needs some wide receivers who can get separation, which was why I love that Marquise Brown draft and Miles Boykin. I couldn't get Marquise Brown, so I had to get Miles Boykin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Hollywood went quick. He was a hot commodity. Next, back to back picks in the second round. Two four or no, I'm sorry, two four and two six. Almost back to back. I was right in between there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, at two six, another tight end. The champ the champ and the former champ went back-to-back tight ends at 2-5-2-6. Irv Smith Jr. at 2-6. Yeah, obviously, Gronk retired, man. I need another tight end, and that was my top tight end coming into the draft. I love the fit with... Uh, I, man, I love this fit. The way they were doing it with Jordan Reed when Kirk Cousins was there in Washington, this, is, this feels like the new Jordan Reed to me. He's going he's gonna to come in when... When he plays, he's going to come in, he's going to get work, and I feel like he's going to get a lot of work on that offense. Yeah, I love Irv Smith coming out of Alabama. I feel like Bama prospects are always the most NFL-ready, and you're looking for someone that can help you right away. And the thing is with Irv Smith is, uh, you know, I've been preaching this a lot lately, is the NFL wants these guys, are they, they want to be positionless. They want to be able to move your guy around. They want to be able to put him in different spots to keep the defenses guessing. Irv Smith, I can see him being put out as slot, you know, staying in the formation. He he could be a jack of all trades. He's a fast tight end, more compact, and uh, yeah, I think that that was a great. You definitely needed a tight end. That was a great pick. The Vikings took him early, um, the 18th pick in the second round. So. We'll see what happens with Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, we'll season. see what happens with Kyle Rudolph. I've been hearing they might trade him, yes. they might cut him. And yes, a lot I, of trade I wouldn't doubt it the, with the draft capital they spent on Irv Smith Jr. Yeah. They, he might leave before the beginning of the season. It was intriguing when I heard about um, you know, Kyle Rudolph potentially getting traded right after that selection. And I think that... That would be good for uh, for the Vikings. Kyle Rudolph has been there for a long time, and I feel like there's just a stigma with this with this Vikings team. There's something that they can't get over. There's a reason why they're not able to get over this hump with this incredible roster they put together, and I think it's just the stigma of the past, and it's about moving forward and getting less uh, conven- conventional, you know what I mean, and start thinking outside the box. So, yeah, great pick there. Um, and then your last pick. Yeah, my last pick. Jordan I, Scarlett. I dumped him for Malcolm Brown. <laughs> Jordan I Scarlett at 312. Yes, I, I agree. Get your handcuff. You know what I mean? If if they signed Malcolm Brown to be the direct backup, there was a reason why they wanted to keep him. They, they paid uh, to match the offer at Detroit. So they have something in mind for uh, Malcolm Brown. I just... I, Malcolm Brown, I feel like he's just going to be if Todd Gurley ever gets hurt again they need a big running back to run in between the tackles and that's going to be Malcolm Brown So Cheese is betting on Malcolm Brown being the cuff. Jordan Scarlett got picked up 
fucking instantly <laughs> after he dropped him. <laughs> Didn't even get a chance to see that he was out there. Um, but yeah, let's dive into some of your awards. Your best pick selection, I think we can agree, is Nicole Hardman. Real three picks, man. (laughs) Hey, man, that's totally fine. Uh, There's a few of the teams on here that only had three picks, and you guys did great with what you had. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Nicole Hardman at 2 2, 16th overall. I think that's my best pick and best value. I I had that originally, and I wanted to change it up a little bit, but I do like like the best value there, too. Nicole Hardman could have easily been a first round pick. I'm waiting to see where everyone else has these dynasty rookie rankings because I think McCole Hardman is e- e- easily going to be in like the top, yeah, top five, maybe top. He could be a number one, top one receiver. We're just waiting on this. The thing is, is the world hasn't quite reacted to the Tyreek Hill being banned from the team news yet because it, it's not official. He's not on the exempt list yet. He's suspended from activity. But he hasn't been X'd out just yet. But once that happens and the deed is done, you guys are going to start hearing a lot more about Sammy Watkins and Nicole Hardman, I'll tell you that. But I do love the best pick there. Best value, I changed to Irv, Irv Smith at 20th overall. I just thought that um, you needed you needed a tight end, man. And you were able to get it with your second selection, number 20 overall. That was the third tight end off the board. I thought that was good value as well. I, I liked that. Yeah, that was my third selection, yeah. Your, I'm sorry, your third selection. Yeah, even better. Third yeah. selection. So, yeah, I mean, and you really needed a tight end. So that I thought that was a good good pick. And then, yeah, for your biggest reach, I put Miles Boinkin. I just I think that you could have gotten him later if you wanted to. It's not necessarily, like, a huge reach. But if I had to give you a biggest reach to me, I just I thought Boinkin. I didn't think he was. I would have been able to get him later. I didn't have another pick in the second, so right. I would have to wait till late third, and he was falling to late third. Right. So when you guys ask me, uh, oh, why aren't you worried about your handcuffs and things like that? It's I didn't have an opportunity to get Madison. I couldn't trade back into the third. So probably same thing for you, but that's just what I got for the biggest reach as far as a draft grade. I gave you a solid B. Solid. You know what I'm saying? Better grade than what I got. <laughs> and I, th- I think it's fair. What do you think? What did, what did you give yourself? Um, yeah, I, I was going in the B range. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, McCole Hardman, I love that pick. I love that pick, too. Great um, pick. I really I kind of liked all the picks except for Scarlett. I wasn't sure what to do at that point, but got rid of him. Solid draft, nonetheless. him. And let's dive into the next team. Dive into the next team. So this one's funny because we're going off of uh, the way we ended last year, the ranking. So this would be someone that was in the semifinals with us last year (laughs) who was picking from 111. Drunk Marv, how the hell did you find yourself in the semifinals of the Shark Tank last year? (laughs) Oh, man, Julio Jones, that's why, that's why. Did he draft anyone? No, so he had had one pick and he passed. (laughs) But he came to the draft for the first time ever. We were able to see Marv in all his glory. And uh, Marv, we want to thank you for coming out from Vallejo. I know it was a mission for you. And you still came out, and we we had a good time, man. And you're the real trade guru, Marv. The real trade guru. You are the trading bandit is what I called you in my notes here. (laughs) So um, let's see what you walked away with. At the draft alone, this is just draft day, you walked away with 
Corey Davis, Calvin Ridley, Royce Freeman, Jared Cook, Josh Gordon, Tim Patrick, Nelson Aguilar, and Quincy Nunwa. Oh, what a haul. Damn. What, what a haul. And he gave up Robert Woods, a 2021st, Alshon Jeffrey, and Deion Lewis. And then he was able to get Corey Davis, Calvin Ridley, Royce Freeman, Jared Cook, pretty much. The rest is all filler. So I love the way he's going. I just think he's building his core to be young. You know, he's got a lot of high upside young players. High draft capital spent on Corey Davis, Calvin Ridley, Royce Freeman. And he's betting on them to uh, not be given up on. You know what I mean? So what do you think about Marv's trades? Yeah, he uh, he did get some players. Uh, Who do you like the best out of his haul? Like, what was your favorite part of that haul? I would have to say between Calvin Ridley and Corey Davis, obviously. Yeah. This yeah. is pretty easy. I love the Ridley selection there. I yeah. mean, he has Matt Ryan. Got rid of the stack. <laughs> got a new stack. Got a new stack. Yeah. <laughs> a younger stack. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Stacks, stacks spread it. <laughs> so we see you, Marv, man. I think I'm with you. Uh, Calvin Ridley was my favorite pickup. Corey is a great flyer at this point for what you paid. You know what I mean? Um, looking forward to seeing you trade more, Marv, where we've been loving the moves you've been making. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with Royce Freeman with his new coaching staff. Right, right. Uh, I agree with that. Uh Philip Lindsay might not be ready for training camp with his wrist injury. I think if Royce Freeman is in training camp balling, it's going to be problems. <laughs> yeah. So for his, I didn't give him a draft grade. I gave okay. him a trade grade. Gave him a B. You know what I mean? I thought I thought that uh, you could have done better on the Jared Cook trade with getting Josh Gordon back. I'm not big on Josh Gordon or Tim Patrick. Nelson Aguilar as a throw-in. I mean, whatever. But um, that's the only trade I think that you could have done better on. Um, so, yeah, trade grade is a B. And then at the 110 selection. Rolling with my homies. Oh, yeah, run that back. I love that. Great, great drop, Sean. Shout out to Sean for the sounds. All right, uh, Roland Mahomes coming in. Uh, this tell, tell me what he picked. He had a, he didn't have too many picks. Absolutely, yeah. Him, just like you, brother. You know, he had a few picks and made the best of them. He was at one ten originally. Ended up at the one thirteen position and selected Paris Campbell, the Colts. Another very high upside guy. This guy is going earlier than one thirteen in. Mock drafts that I have seen, yes. You see what Andrew Luck has done with T.Y. Hilton. Um, if this guy could be 80% of T.Y. Hilton, that's a win. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're uh, they're comparing him on Yahoo to a bigger a bigger Curtis Samuel. Oh, okay, yeah. Six foot Fast. 205, runs a 4-3-40. What's interesting about Curtis Samuel is, uh, well, they all went to Ohio State, and then... Paris Campbell, I mean, uh, Curtis Samuel played running back. He, he switched. Uh, that would be interesting to see if they give Paris Campbell some, some uh, handoffs. But, yeah, I like that pick. You know, the Colts offense, you, I don't think you could go wrong. Andrew Luck looks, looks like he's back to elite form. I would love to be have any part of that offense going forward, you know. Um, this guy was a high school track star. Track star. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And then with the 210 selection, Elijah Holyfield. Um, you know that one? That's the real deal, Holyfields. Son. Yes. They say his stiff arms are like punches. So, <laughs> uh, Elijah Holyfield at 210. Lucky he has a face mask. He can't, <laughs> can't get his ear bitten off. He's <laughs> be sleeping people out here. And then uh, the third pick, we got James Williams at 410. So we got Paris Campbell, Elijah Holyfield, James Williams. Best pick, obviously, was Paris Campbell, 1-3, uh, 13 overall. I gave – what do you think for best pick? Or do you agree with that? Yeah, of course. Okay, and then best value, I gave James Williams. I thought James Williams, uh, undrafted free agent, signed with the Chiefs. He's got a lot of uh, potential. A lot of people loved him coming out of college, receiving back. Um, he can give da- Damian Williams some problems there, but they, they also picked up another running back that we'll be talking about later. But, yeah, I love the value there. Anytime you could get somebody from the Chiefs' backfield in a rookie draft, 52 overall. How you feel about the real deal, Holyfield? Can't be mad about that. And then for biggest reach, I've got Elijah Holyfield, 210, number 24 overall. I just, I don't think anyone was looking at him after his combine 4-8. He went undrafted in the NFL. Now he's at Carolina. Good luck getting past McCaffrey. You know, let alone you're going to have to make the team. So, you know, I, I love Holyfield as like, I love having the celebrity sons, you know, that whole thing. Having the celebrity genes and things like that, but... Elijah Holyfield, to me, was a reach at number 24 overall. What do you think about Holyfield? Yeah, I think Holyfield, if he comes in any role on Carolina, it might be like some type of goal line-ish role, some pounded in, big back. Hoping for like one carry, one yard touchdown. (laughs) Hoping for, yeah, that um, LeGarrette Blunt type of production. So, for a draft grade, what would you give Mr. Mahomes? Um, I mean, I like the Paris Campbell pick. Uh, it's a great pick. Outside of that, I wasn't wasn't really feeling it. And also, I have to give him a C plus. Okay, our grades are pretty on point. I give him a B minus, and the reason why is because I I think I like the James Williams pick a little bit more than you. So, makes sense. Now, one nine. Who was at the one nine spot? We got an angry. Rhino. Everybody knows you got one tail, four feet, twelve toes. Mr. Rhino, look what grows. Two big horns on the tip of your nose. The rhinos. The rhinos had the angriest draft of them all. <laughs> the uh, angriest. I mean, but to me, the best draft of them all. So when we talked about best draft grades, um, Rhinos was my pick, and let me start off with why. Like the Panda, a plethora of draft capital just made moves early. Yeah, how does this guy have so many picks? <laughs> he just he's very timely with his trades. He gets that's why he has four twenty twenty first already, bro. You know, it's he gets them before they're worth anything. So. He had the 1-1, had the opportunity to draft Josh Jacobs, which I would have taken. I would have taken him as well. Yes, he is the clear-cut 1-1, but Ryan did not feel the same way. So he traded away 1-1 for 
for one six and a 2020 first from the pickle. And with that one six selection, drafted Daryl Henderson, who we talked about a little bit. Um, he can be a pass catcher coexisting with Todd Gurley, or even potentially if he goes down, who knows, he can turn into the guy. So that's remained to be seen, but I like the upside there. I think uh, Darrell Henderson has like, he probably has the highest upside from the running back position, I would say, in a McVay in offense. In this class. Yes. Probably in this, in this class. class yes, yes. Most explosive player. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about this class, this draft, 2019. So Daryl Henderson at that pick, I, I'm not mad at that at all. And uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at 2-3. Alshon Jeffrey, 2.0. Potential replacement there. Another steal. That guy was going in the first round in every single 14-team uh, mock draft. Andy Isabella at 3-5. Just but- unreal. Thievery. Uh, thievery. Like, it, it's crazy that he fell that far. I was plotting on drafting him with my 114 or my 2-5, but team needs and 49er needs outweighed my decision there. 49er needs. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Rhinos had three selections in the third round. So Isabella was the first 3-5. Ryquel Armstead at 3-9, who is the handcuff for Leonard Fournette. He's huge like Fournette, ran a 4-4. Or like a four five, he's super fast and big. So I, I see why you did that. Alexander Madison, my handcuff at three eleven, awesome pick there. Madison was the two three four five seventh running back selected in the NFL draft. Another third round steal. Another steal. So uh, that that's my direct handcuff for Dalvin Cook. Great pick there, Dalvin there's, Cook. Has there's re- no one else behind Dalvin Cook except remain to stay healthy. They got Mike Boone, but I think he is no match for the Boise State product. And then we have Josh Oliver right after that at four two. More value. Josh Oliver, San Jose State. I love me some San Jose State. And. Um, you know, I think that was a really nice pick there for uh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles is going to be looking for a tight end now that he had Zach Ertz to work with, and I'm sure that they're going to figure out some ways to get Oliver the ball. He was a PPR machine at San Jose State. And then in the fifth round, Justin Watson, 5'9". Uh, Justin Watson is the next man up at Tampa Bay. So you got... The new Humphreys. Yeah, you got... Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and then you've got Justin Watson out there. So Ryan saw that Tampa Bay didn't invest in wide receiver, decided to take the flyer on Watson. Yeah, and then that 2021st as well, he picked that up. So, I mean, if you just look across the board, he got value at every single selection. Except for the first one. <laughs> first one wasn't your favorite. So if we, we were going to do best pick, what would you think was the Rhinos' best pick? Oh, it was definitely Andy Isabella. He's going to come into a starting role in that spread. I'm looking at right now, Yahoo's saying Cliff Kingsbury wants to hit five receivers on the field. Oh, man. Good luck covering <laughs> all five of them. Yeah. All it's, that speed. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. Good, good luck covering all five of our wide receivers. We're going to use the whole field. We're going to spread them all out all over the field and make make the field as wide as possible. Yeah, that was a 
Very nice pick. For my best pick, I went with Daryl Henderson, 1-6. Highest upside to me out of all the picks that he made. And then on top of that, he ended up getting a 2021st with it. And next year's class is, I mean, it's not even close. It's not even fair to really compare this year to next year because next year is just filled with top-end talent. So I, I love the value that he got uh, for best value. I chose Isabella, obviously. Number 33 overall, 3-5. Um, great pick, great pick. And then for the biggest reach, there wasn't many that the Rhinos reached on, but I think there was one guy that no one else was looking at besides the Rhinos. And that was Ryquel Armstead at 37 overall, 3-9. Uh, that is Ryan's cuff, and I understand com- I understand why you went after it. Um, it's cuffing season. Yeah. If I had to point out any type of reach in your draft, I would point that one out. But, again, not necessarily the biggest reach, and it was a need. you got to handcuff your boy Fournette. So as far as the draft grade, what would you give the Rhinos? Yeah, I would have to give him like a like an A. Yeah, solid A, man. I gave him an A plus. So like you gave the panda an A plus, and I gave him an A. I did vice versa. I gave the rhinos an A plus, panda an A. So great job, fellas. Way to kill the draft. Now, next we have the fart man himself, gas man. Brian knows, a.k.a. the Lost and Jealous Rams, a.k.a. Brian Huerta. So let's talk about Brian. Like you and uh, Mahomes, limited draft. He only made three selections. So not a lot of content to work with here, but we'll make do with what we got. First selection, number four overall. Hollywood. Hollywood. I love it. Great pick. I mean, he has Antonio Brown on his team. He got his cousin too now. So I totally see why you went after your boy, Hollywood. Sticking within the family, family roots. Uh, What do you think about the fit for Hollywood to the Ravens? It was a great fit. They need some speed at the receiver position. Last year was atrocious. These guys couldn't get separation. They couldn't get open. They couldn't get the ball. Yeah. And uh, when you have a mobile quarterback that can run around in the back of the field, man, you, you need some speed. Yeah, Sean and I, we were talking too, and, uh, you know, we remember when Lamar Jackson, Heisman Trophy candidate, wasn't only just running the ball. He had a freaking rocket as an arm too. And, you know, I think Sean's right. He's got a point. It's just a matter of getting open and – uh, if if they see that ball coming, sometimes you gotta hit overdrive and catch up to the ball. You see it all the time with Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham. Those guys they hit another gear if they have to, and I think uh, Hollywood's got that gear. Oh, he does. Yeah. So even if he's overthrown, he might go get that thing. Still, he doesn't even need to run deep play deep. Uh, I think the deep guy is actually gonna be um, Miles Boykin. I want to say uh, Hollywood is gonna be like. He's going to run a lot of short underneath routes, and he's going to take some of these to the house, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's Slants and things like that. Yeah, he slants, drags, just yeah. like quick outs. Yeah, I, I see all the above. Screens. Screens, absolutely. Oh 
is. Give him a screen. Yeah, I would use oh. use him like you know, Tyreek Hill. He's fast, man. This guy is blazing. We didn't get to see it in the combine because of his injury, but you go back and watch tape. There's a reason why uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray had so much production. They were great themselves, but also had weapons that helped produce. Yeah, Brian was number two pick. I also love this yeah. pick, Deontay Johnson. I almost, yeah. I almost took him. Um, I was thinking about taking him. I kind of feel played I didn't take him now. With the uh, Irv Smith pick or which one? Uh, yeah, I think I think I could have took him over uh, Miles Boykin. So at two four, wow! So that's but, a huge steal then. But um, yeah, man, he's he's coming into I think that A B role. You know instantly. what's interesting? I mean, he's got. Brinos has Antonio Brown, Hollywood Brown, and now you got the Antonio Brown replacement. Yeah, the new AB. (laughs) You got an obsession here, man. (laughs) Hey, but awesome draft, Brinos. I I love the speed you put together here. Um, Even at the quarterback position in the fourth round with Daniel Jones. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great pick, too. At least he wasn't the sixth overall pick, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had him as one of the top quarterbacks this year, and uh, yeah, you did in our pre-draft episode. Yeah, I think I had him at number three or four, and he's nice when he replaces Eli. He will be nice when he comes into the league. I just think for uh, you know we talk about these fourth-round picks, they get thrown in or thrown away, overlooked so many times. Like for to get a guy that went number six overall in the NFL draft at you know four eight. It's pretty crazy. 4-8 translates to what? 128. 42. 50th overall. So Daniel Jones was the 50th overall selection. Doing some math over there, huh? Yeah, just some <laughs> quick math. You need a calculator? <laughs> no, no, we got this. I know my times tables. <laughs> but yeah, so for best pick, Hollywood! Yeah, that's what I chose. I just, man, his upside is unbelievable as well. A lot of high upside guys in this draft. A lot of speed. He also got Trayvon Williams. He that was I I believe a undrafted free agent that he selected. Okay, that was a nice pickup. Then. That was that. That's who we were referring to. Uh, Brynos targeted him over Rodney Anderson for his his uh, long term handcuff. All right, and uh, it's because Rodney can't stay healthy. So I understand. So best best pick, do we agree at Hollywood? It has to be. Has to be. And then best value, Deontay Johnson. Yeah, yep. definitely. Number thirty six overall. Uh, you just heard the former champ debating on selecting him at two four. Yeah, what was what the Steelers do with their wide receivers yeah. seems like they just produce. Wide receiver and running back, those two positions for Steelers, man, they always seem to get it done and yeah. whatever they're doing in camp there, like these guys these guys look nice when they when they start playing. Yeah. Doesn't I agree. matter who it is. That's why I, James Washington, I was like, Hey, you're your Steelers wide receiver. If you get on the field enough, you're gonna produce. So yeah. Number thirty six overall, that was a great pick. And then the biggest reach I didn't really have one, but if I did, you know, Daniel Jones, you probably could have got on the wire. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone was looking at him, but at the end of the day, you spent a fourth-round pick, so who really cares? Yeah. Draft grade, what you got for the Brinos? I would have to get a solid B+. Plus. Nice. We're so close, if bro. Not, if not an A-, minus, man. Nice. Yeah, I, I really like those top two picks. Yeah. 
I had a tough time with you, Brian, like always, um, trying to grade your draft here. I gave you a solid B. I just I thought that you could have uh, could have done a little bit more in the draft, getting a uh, getting a little bit more active. But I love those first two picks as well. But yeah, so next on our list at one seven, we've got the barber himself. Yeah, I was trying to find a drop. That's gonna be like. I'll cut you. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Shut up, I'll cut you. Like, Man, something like good. that. But uh, it didn't work out. Anyways, let's, let's break down this draft. Yeah, from the 1-7 selection, number one pick was Debo Samuel, 49ers. Um, love that pick. Manny's a fellow 49er fan, so I, I can't be mad. I think that, that pick was pretty much slated as far as ADP it was like a perfect perfect fit there um that might have been the easiest pick of the draft for anyone was Debo Samuel for a Manny at seven what do you think about Debo I mean uh, he went 36 overall in the NFL draft um he wasn't my favorite receiver on film I think he goes into a good offense um Besides that, yeah. Uh, I think that was the best pick in the draft for Manny at the time. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah. And then the next selection at 2-7, Manny selected the new face of the franchise over in Washington, Dwayne Haskins. Love that. Love that. I love that I pick, agree. man. He's coming to – I think he's going to start real soon. Oh, I think he's going to start off the bat. Um, he – Talked to Joe Theismann, and he gave him the privilege to wear number seven. This guy is going to bring Redskins football back. Oh, yeah, definitely. And those receivers they put around him, he's in a great place to, to put yeah. in some numbers in his first year at the Redskins. I'm interested to see, you know, what happens with Jay Gruden. I know he's been on the rocks a few years lately, and think they gave him some promising talent and if uh, he's unable to show any signs of development in this first year I think they could end up with a new coach oh I think they're gonna produce man what they have at running back receiver quarterback their offense just seems like they're gonna boom this yeah. year it looked great it looks great just like uh, the Vikings last year but the Vikings looked better obviously but it's just you can't you can't always go on based on paper. These guys are going to be a lot of first-year players. It's very true. But at the end of the day, I think he just needs to show some type of life because the Redskins just didn't have anything to look forward to. Yeah, they did get a lot of talent to be able to hopefully produce. Yeah, I like their defensive pieces too, but that's for another story. Two eleven, he got another second-round pick. Manny doesn't make many trades, but (laughs) he ended up with a second-round pick times two and got Travis Homer Miami um, Travis Homer is a homer home run hitter this guy could be very explosive um, the Seahawks picked him up you know someone that he can get on the field the Seahawks have proven if, if you play well in camp they're going to put you out there so I think it was a nice flyer. Uh, Manny loves his University of Miami players, so I could definitely see why Manny took him there. 
Um, yeah, I'm just the that backfield is very crowded. Super crowded. For Shad Penny can't get any work. I don't see this guy getting work this season. Yeah, that's the thing is it it just comes down to camp with the Seahawks especially because I remember when they signed Mike Glennon to be the guy and Russell Wilson balled in camp. Russell Wilson became the starter. They drafted Rashad Penny to be the guy. Chris Carson balls in camp. Chris Carson's the starter. So they believe what they see in camp. And, uh, you know, who knows with Travis Homer. It does look like a little bit of a reach here, but Manny loves his University of Miami guys, so I, I understand the thought process. Yeah, after that, uh, D-Knox. No, 3-7 was... Uh, Gaskins? Yes, Gaskins. Miles Gaskin. And with that one, I thought that was a fair pick. Um, it was somebody that, like, he was pretty much slated there for ADP. He was a safe pick for Manny there. Uh, I think Manny was just going best available. But, yeah, running back for the Dolphins. New coaching staff. Maybe he uh, he finds his way into – he could find his way into a starting role. Who you never knows? know. Yeah, and then a Miami guy. You know, again, Manny loves his Miami players, bro, so – I see why you did that. And then, yeah, Dawson Knox at 4-7. I loved that pick. Uh, he's He was my um, he was on my tight end list in our pre-draft rankings. I think he was my honorable mention. But, yeah, somebody that averaged over 20 yards per catch at Ole Miss. Didn't have a ton of production because he was surrounded with playmakers at wide receiver. And he lands Zero himself. Zero touchdowns. On Buffalo. Zero touchdowns, yeah. So, like I said... 605 yards in his career. Lots of receivers at Ole Miss to compete with. So, we'll just have to see what he turns into. He's one of those guys that have great measurables. You know, there's a bunch of guys that came out with uh, nice measurables that were basketball players that turned into productive tight ends. So. Yeah, this guy is fast. Four, five, eight. Yeah, it's not end. really... Uh, you, with tight ends, I don't really think you look for production in college. I think they, they look for development, deve- developmental pieces. And Dawson Knox, he can be developed into a top tight end if, you know, if he could catch because he's an athletic specimen. I'd say Manny's best pick was Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, for his best pick, I chose Debo Samuel. Um, I think Debo is going to be in his starting lineup day one. I don't think Haskins will be in Manny's starting lineup day one. So uh, I love the Haskins pick, but to me, Debo edged him out there. Best value? Oh, he's not going to be day one starter at quarterback. He has Russell Wilson, but when Russell Wilson might have a bad matchup, you're going to want to play Dwayne Haskins. We'll see. I think Debo Samuel is his best pick, so difference in opinion there what about best value uh best value i would have to go with uh dwayne haskins okay that's a good choice i picked dawson knox um dwayne haskins yeah that, that's a good pick for best value um starting quarterback potentially at 21 overall when kyler murray went nine um it's not terrible value there but i like dawson knox at four seven I just think that that value there, number 49 overall, right before uh, Daniel Jones was selected, uh, I like that value for sure. Um, so for his draft grade, I gave Manny a B-. minus. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Same boat, B- minus as well. Yeah. It's in that B boat. <laughs> B boat. <laughs> our, our grades have been pretty on point to this point. So... 
Next, we have the pill. NyQuil. I'll be taking some of that tonight. I'm about to go night night. Yeah. Don't make any plans if you take some NyQuil because nah. you, your plans are done. No, nah, no. Nah, I need <laughs> to uh, take some NyQuil. I'm going to watch these NBA playoff games, then take some NyQuil, and I'm out. Um, but NyQuil had himself a nice little baby draft for not being there. He had three picks. All three picks were solid selections for where they were. I think all three of them uh, – value value picks great value so let's start with the 112 which you traded away yeah miles sanders miles sanders ended up being the 112 the eagles new running back played behind saquon barkley um little mini saquon i love the fit i know the eagles want to throw to the running back they were not happy at all with the running backs that they had that's why they went out and traded for jordan howard Spent high draft capital on Miles Sanders, and I think that if they can just keep those two on the field, that would be a great one-two punch. But they have these other guys, and it yeah. seems like they always want like some three-four headed rotation. We'll see. I think that the Eagles this offseason in particular wanted to get away from those guys. Doesn't I've I've been hearing Josh Adams getting cut for the last few months. Corey Clement. Corey Clement, I dropped, so that probably tells you something. And then uh, other than that... Darren Sproles, is he coming back? No, he's not. And then you got the uh, you got the guys that, that they drafted and traded for. So to me, I look at it, and I, I think worst-case scenario, Corey Clement will be there backing them up. I, uh, they have Smallwood as well. Yes. But um, I think, yeah, between Corey Clement and Smallwood, they'll be that three. Smallwood, not Hollywood. Yeah, Smallwood, <laughs> not Hollywood. Yeah. Major difference. But, yeah, anyways, Miles Sanders, I love that pick at 112. That was uh, great value in a lot of the mock drafts I'm seeing. He's number three overall. Yeah, he, he, that was a very good value so for I, Miles Sanders. When I first saw Joel trade that package to you, uh, Sean, I was a little worried. I was just like, man, like you gave up a lot to move up to that spot. Like, I wonder who you're targeting. And it worked out to where I'm not going to say he won the trade, but it looks a lot better than it did as the pick because I think the pick turned into value. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was a, gr- that was a great pick. Um, his next pick was Devin Singletary, which yeah. I also loved. I thought that was great value. Yeah, I agree. What, what, um, do you know what pick he picked? Devin's yes, two eight, which was the number twenty-two overall pick. Yeah, in our draft, I, I think Devin Singletary can work his way into a starting position very soon. Yeah, with Frank Gore and uh, Frank Gore just McCoy and Yeldon just close, so close to yeah. retiring. The other thing I like is if you know if you were gonna ask for a running back mentor. What better than Frank Gore? And LaShawn McCoy. Shady there too, you know. Shady's going through some personal things, but on the field he's a you know, Hall of Fame career, I would say. Yeah, I think Devin Singletary's run style is very similar to Frank Gore's and he he's gonna come in and be like uh they're gonna get rid of Frank Gore. Man, Devin, I think Frank Devin stays this year because they draft they signed him this year, but I think LaShawn McCoy's out the door. They they're talking I've been about that too. they save like six million on the cap if they cut him by June first, and he's still going through these personal problems. Like no one wants to be carrying that on their NFL roster, 
because it, it just haunts you in the locker room. Reporters will continue to question you. Don't want that stigma around your team. And Shady, let's face it, he's on the opposite side of his career where now he's a he looks expendable. Yeah, yeah I think these two backs, man, what, these are both, what, top five? Yeah, absolutely. Five backs well, let me in think. the rookie draft this year, maybe? My rankings would like be... Eight? Yeah, absolutely top eight. I would say Josh Jacobs. You got them both by the mid second. <laughs> that's that's great. That's yeah. a great draft. I would say Jacobs, Henderson, Sanders, Montgomery, Singletary. I had Singletary as my top four back. Yeah, it's top five. So yeah, that I mean, great picks, man. And Stanley Morgan Jr. on the Bengals. You know, John Ross has not worked out. They're gonna give him all the opportunity they can, but. You know, it, it doesn't look promising for John Ross. And A.J. Green is getting old. You know, Stanley Morgan Jr., he had a lot of hype in this offseason uh, on Twitter. A lot of people loved his measurables. So I could tell you did your homework a little bit there, Joel. And uh, I think you had a really good draft with your limited selections. So, yeah, do you have any words on Stanley Morgan? Uh, no, I was just reading this. Uh, I just noticed he had Kyle Rudolph on his team. Vikes f- report breaking news. Vikes fielded trade calls on Rudolph. ESPN's Corton Cronin reports on the Vikings fielded trade calls on Kyle Rudolph before and during the draft. Rudolph was heading to the following year's contract set to count $7.6 million against the cap. A number the Vikings can wipe completely away by getting rid of him. Minnesota went on to use their second round pick on Alabama's Irv Smith Jr. and uh, Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Like so, the cap situation is extremely tight, and Carlin believes Rudolph could still be in trouble. At very least, he may have to rework his contract. Yeah, we talked about this at the top of the show, and Kyle Rudolph can very well be on his way out, but let's stick to the NyQuil while we're here. <laughs> no, I just, I, I just <laughs> seen the news, and, man. Uh, I, had to, I had to click so on it. For best pick, I gave Miles Sanders. I think that was an obvious one. Uh, 12 overall, that can also be best value if you'd want it to be. I gave yeah. it the best pick. I think the best value had to be Devin Singletary. Getting him in mid-second yep, was a I agree. steal. 22 overall, we just counted our top five running backs from the uh, post-NFL draft to get the top five, and it's 22 overall. Great, great job, Joe. Yeah, I gave him an A-. minus. Nah, I gave him a B plus. So we are right there once again. Uh, nice job, Joel, with your limited selections. A minus and a B plus. Very good. Now, from 1 5, we've got our boy, one of the uh, fan favorites. Game over? No way! Because we got Game Genie! Everyone loves the Xenador. Game Genie! Let's face it, everyone loves the Xenador. The Xenador had himself a pretty solid draft. It looks like he had a whole bunch of picks, man. Yeah, I mean, I remember when he just had a plethora of picks and he had nine open spots on his team. I don't even think he ended up filling all those spots. <laughs> but uh, let's let's go ahead and count him down. The number two overall pick. Nikhil Nik- Harry. Nikhil Harry to the Patriots. Yeah, he, he was uh, everyone's number one wide receiver um, coming in, and uh, rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when the Patriots select a wide receiver in the first round, you know, just like Sony last year, he's going to get used right away. And then on top of that, the Patriots had knowledge that 
the Cardinals wanted to select Nikhil Harry with their first pick in the second round. So the Patriots sniped him by one pick. Swooped their guy that went to Arizona State. And uh, he, they wanted to keep him in Arizona, but it didn't work out according to plan. Now he's a Patriot. Yeah, uh, I had him coming in as my number one wide receiver in the draft. He was my number two. Yeah, so I think there's a big stigma with the old Miss receivers, but we'll get more into that later. But yeah, one, two, Nikhil Harry, day one starter on the Xenodorus team. He desperately needs wide receiver help. Uh, second round pick at 2-9, we got Bryce Love. Bryce Love, uh, that was, you know, my number one running back, hoping he stays healthy. I told you guys I don't I don't uh, rank guys based on hoping that they're going to be or thinking that they're going to be injured. I think Bryce Love is going to be prepared for this next season. 2-9, he fell to 2-9 because of the landing spot. Washington Redskins. You yeah, got, behind Darius Geis. You got AP. Geis, you got AP, you got Chris, Chris Thompson, Thompson yeah. and now you got Bryce Love. To me, if you know, if I'm the Geis owner, that's scary. Like, yeah, you look at it, and you didn't think that they needed anybody else, and they add one of the best running backs in the class. I mean, last year, Bryce Love was looking at being a number one overall pick. He rushed for two thousand yards, Heisman Trophy winner. Things change quickly when you get injured. And uh, now this guy, dynamic as he is, he's on his way back in recovery. I follow him on Twitter. And uh, he's, he looks further along than Geist does, actually. So it would be interesting to see, man. Like A lot of people, a lot of speculation on Geist not being ready to play. And it, it looks just more and more like that's the case. What do you think about Bryce? Any any other words? No, I think, I think you killed it on Bryce. I mean... He's there behind Darius Geis. Geis and Bryce. Geis and Bryce. The brothers. So for the third round, <laughs> Zini uh, had the Pandas third round pick, and he selected uh, Cahill Waring, tight end, Texans. San Diego State tight end. So, uh, Jesse, I know you've been watching that Texans offense and just looking who they're, at, who they're adding. You picked up Will Fuller in the offseason. Um we definitely see you looking at that Texans offense. So, Cahill Waring, with Ryan Griffin getting arrested, uh, they don't have many tight ends over there already. He could be a day one contributor as well. But you also did get George Kittle in the offseason. So, yeah, I mean. He also has Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews. So, yeah, you do have a few tight ends there. But, you know, 313, end of the third round, it's not terrible. And then at 4-5, we got Benny Snell Jr. No. Yeah, he selected him at 4-5 and then traded traded him. But, yeah, Jesse selected Benny Snell at 4-5. A funny thing with the Steelers' backfield, Jesse has a history of giving him away for cheap. (laughs) Guess what he did at the end of the draft? (laughs) Gave away Benny Snell for cheap. It's okay. And then uh, his next pick, fifth round, last one, Hunter Renfro. Raiders wide receiver, three-time national champion. You got Darwin Thompson back in that trade? He did for Benny Snell, straight up. Okay. Benny Snell for Darwin. I thought it was fair, but just considering the history Jesse's had with Steelers running backs, I couldn't believe he gave him up. Like According to history, Benny Snell's going to turn into the starter here and ball out. <laughs> so, um, yeah. 
So uh, Jesse, you had a pretty solid draft, man. All all together, you tackled different positions. Some you got a day one starter, at least one. And uh, yeah, I, I like that uh, Thompson trade. Yeah, Looking you like the Darwin. Team. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he might turn to the like a receiving back out there. That'd and, be uh, awesome. You're receiving back with Patrick Mahomes and that Andy Reid offense. Yeah. You might get some work. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I like the Darwin side too. I just, you know, I, I've heard great things about Darwin. They call him a bigger Tariq Cohen. And if I hear Tariq Cohen and I associate that with the Chiefs offense, that's like a match made in heaven. Maybe that's why you got him, because he already has Tariq Cohen, too. He's like, I'll, I'll take another Tariq Cohen. Could why be. Not? That sounds like the ZD, huh? <laughs> just fell to me. Why not? But, you know, just just giving you shit, Jesse, for giving away James Conner for a late second rounder last year. and uh, you know, For you, the Bell news, right? It was, bro, like everyone knew already, you know. Bell was already staying away. He was, like, putting out his mixtape, playing basketball and stuff. Like, <laughs> you already knew. That's why Shark went after him so, so hot. But, yeah, it was actually, like, that week was the official announcement that he was going to probably miss week one. And then, yeah, James Conner value boosted. So, for the best pick for the Xenador, I went with Nikhil Harry, obviously, someone that could... Come in day one for the Xenador and playing with Tom Brady. Playing with Tom Brady, he's gonna he's gonna be a day one starter in New England. Um, also, I don't think that bodes well for Josh Gordon. Just saying, like they're investing real high in a, a wide receiver. It's not Patriots like to do that, so they must need somebody. Best value I gave was Benny Snell, who he ended up trading. But I still think that was good value to trade for Darwin Thompson. It was a fourth-round pick, mid-fourth round, number 47 overall. Good job, Zena Doe. And then the biggest reach I gave him was Cahill Waring, number 41 yes. overall. Yeah. I just He's another guy that I thought you could have waited to the waivers. I don't know if uh, many people knew his name in the draft besides few people. But he, with all that being said... I still gave Jesse a B plus. And so that's back-to-back B pluses for me. Very different drafts. Joel's being only three players. Jesse's being six. Um, I like Jesse's side a little bit more. I just I really like Nikhil Harry. And Bryce loves value. I really like that Darwin Thompson move. That was, yeah. I think that was a great move. I mean, Hunter Renfro in the fifth as well. Like, they drafted him in the fourth round. The guy has one of the biggest catches ever in college football history to take down Alabama with Deshaun Watson. So Yeah, just one drop pass on 50 catchable targets. Look at that. Like His pedigree is awesome. I love the way the Raiders are going with all these Clemson guys. That locker room is going to change. Now, um, B. Haynes, Mr. So international. Let's talk about B. Haynes, International Haynes. Why don't you start it off? Yeah, first pick. 
DK Buscalf. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's a bust being a Niner fan. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, DK DK Metcalf. What pick was that? Uh, the fifth overall, which he he Did. traded away AJ Green for number five and number eleven. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fifth overall, DK Metcalf coming into the Seahawks um, with maybe a possible loss of Doug Baldwin. DK comes in, and he's going to be that deep threat play-action receiver over there with Lockett. I mean, he's he's obviously everyone, everyone heard of him. He's huge. He's fast. He can run fast. He'll outrun defenders. He's big. He can go up and get the ball. We'll see. We'll see what happens out there in Seattle. He's definitely a project. Yeah, I feel like this was actually one of his best fits um, for a team. I just I think that uh, Russell Wilson, you know, they don't have an offensive line still. He's gonna, the play is gonna break inevitably, and then from there you look to the biggest, fastest guy on the field to get the ball out to. Well, what I like about why they got DK is that they they seem like they're trying to move towards a lot of running plays. And when you, when you have a lot of running plays, then when you throw that play action in mm-hmm. and you have your, your receiver just dust mm-hmm. everyone, and you have Russell Wilson with a crazy accurate deep ball, yeah. that's like a match made in heaven. Yeah, as far as the uh, yeah the play calling... You know he's he's gonna be a good blocker too. The guy's freaking huge, so he's he's definitely gonna be a good blocker out there. He's gonna help on. He's know. gonna be pancaking these. Yeah, DBs. he's gonna be pancaking. He's gonna be you know like you said the play action's really gonna help. These corners are gonna be getting messed up, whether they're getting burnt or they're getting pancaked. <laughs> and then other than that, you know, might as well call him IHOP. <laughs> He looked like he never ate at IHOP a day in his life. <laughs> like that's all he ate was unlimited pancakes, man. Oh, man. And then he just went straight to the gym for the rest yeah. of the day or what? Man, there's not many people like that I see in IHOP. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just think Russell Wilson, other than the uh, play action stuff, the, the obvious, you know, scheming, I think that when the play breaks down, He's going to be the guy that Russ is going to find. Like, Doug Baldwin's been that guy for a long time. Tyler Lockett stepped into that role. Like you said, Doug Baldwin's been that guy for a long time, and Doug Baldwin's career seems like it's coming to an end. Yeah, and that's why I think they invested, uh, you know, in DK Metcalf at the end of the second round. He was very emotional when he got picked. He was sobbing, just... He was the last guy in the green room to get picked, the last guy invited... He waited a long time to be called, and I think he's going to have the big old chip on his big old shoulder. <laughs> so, yeah, DK at 1-5. Then we got Damian Harris, one eleven to the Patriots. What do you think about that pick? I think that was a little bit of a reach. Okay. He said he got him at one eleven. One eleven. Yeah, I, I, I think I would have rather took... Uh... Singletary or uh, Sanders. Sanders. I'm Sanders. Um, I'm not exactly sure what kind of role Harris is going to come into at New England. Um, I'm a little skeptical. I, I I know they have always wanted a big bruising back in New England. That's their biggest back at the moment. We'll see what they do. Yeah. Patriots look like they're turning to a running team, but belichick just they do crazy stuff every year yeah it's interesting like you said it's you know mind-boggling you don't know how he's going to be used 
you know, maybe he's just insurance. Sony's been getting nicked up. You see they play the best when they're running the ball effectively in uh, December and January. So he, he could literally just be, you know, insurance in case something happens to Sony. They don't want to shift the game plan significantly, so they, they draft a guy that's similar. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think I would have taken Miles Sanders at that 111 for sure. Man, that was a great pick, Joel. And uh, that A.J. Green trade ended up being D.K. Metcalf, Damian Harris for A.J. Green. All right, uh, next, his next pick. Next pick, 3-2, which was Riley Ridley, Calvin Ridley's brother. Not so effective in college compared to Calvin. Um, a lot of a lot of mixed reviews on Riley Ridley. He really tore up the Twitter sphere with that one. Um, what do you think about Riley? Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't really watch too much Riley Ridley film. I've been hearing a lot of like mixed things, like you. His, he was uh, he was with your boy Hardman at Georgia. Yeah, um, he did have a career thousand yard season. Um, it was a run-heavy offense. Uh, he didn't test too well. He's on the like. Bears now. What do you think about the fit with the Bears? I mean, he's behind Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. How much work uh, could he get? Yeah, I hear you. And also, you know, Tariq Cohen, you got, uh, who's the tight end? Burton? Yeah. They're going to. They, they just got they Cordell are, Patterson. They are going to get. Burton work watch <laughs> you don't go out and pay a guy that much money and just let him rot on the depth chart so I think uh, yeah Riley Ridley it's hard to see a path for production this year 3-2 is a little bit of a reach in my opinion now we are at 4-4 Mr. Ohio State Mike Weber uh, cowboy I know you can appreciate that <laughs> some cowboy love then we have with the next pick at five, uh, five oh four was Tony Pollard. Yeah, he's when if Zeke ever goes down, which he hasn't really yet. Yeah, <laughs> B Haynes will be right there and scoop that whole rushing offense. Of course, and the Cowboys, Cowboys have one of the best rushing offenses in the National Football. League. Yeah, absolutely. I think Haynes with these last two picks, he just wanted you know. Whoever it is that's going to be the handcuff. Like, he didn't want to take a chance and take and, the wrong one, so he and got he's got him. <laughs> and uh, he is, he's got him. As a fellow Cowboy fan, I know you can appreciate that going after your, your guys, you know? Yeah. But like you said, uh, Zeke. It's, they're saying right here, Jerry Jones said Polar could get at least 30 plays in a game. Wow, that's look every at that. Game. So that's even if Zeke is in the game plan. 30, yeah, well, I think Polar's going to be like that pass-catching back. Wow, because a lot of teams are just moving to this this type of, type of combination where you want that between the tackles sometimes go out for a pass and you want that spread offense running back and that's right. going to be Pollard. That is not a surprise to me, but what is is the fact that Jones is out there saying that Pollard can be that guy because coming out of Memphis right there with Daryl Henderson. Right, if you look at Zeke's uh, Zeke's year last year and the year prior, his receiving numbers are just going through the roof. And he he's competent. He he can handle the workload, but it looks like they just want to take the safe route if that's the case, less touches. 
Less touches is always a good move, man. You're trying to keep your running backs healthy. I completely agree, my brother. So, best pick for the Haynes, International Haynes. I gave him Metcalf, five overall. I think uh, he has the most potential out of the group. And um, Yeah, to turn to a monster. Right, right. Definitely. Highest. I think his best value was, uh, was Pollard. I agree, I agree. So, yeah, we go from best pick at number five overall to Pollard being number, what, this is pretty late. 60 overall. Super late, yeah. The 60th pick in the rookie draft. That's who the hell was going before that? <laughs> Everyone. Right? Man, we got think a, people were passing. Daniel Jones went before that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the biggest reach at 3 2, 30th overall, Riley Ridley. I yeah. Think um, agree. Coming into when I was looking at B. Hayes' draft, <coughs> I will. Honestly, was was gonna give him like a C type grade, but after I noticed these two Dallas running backs, whoo, he moved into the B range. Yeah, I gave him a B, so we are right on it once again. And um, yeah, I think Brandon Haynes, you know, he's been he's been wanting a cowboy as well. This guy still has Des Bryant on his roster, hoping he comes back. <laughs> He's still out there hoping Tony Romo is going to come back. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't have Jason Witten on his team yet. <laughs> you know, Brandon, he's just been wanting the Cowboy, and uh, the Rhinos have not been willing to uh, to give up Zeke for anything that the Haynes has to offer. So Haynes had to do the next best thing, and that was grab some handcuffs in case something does happen to the bell cow. Got the next Zeke. Yeah. You can't give me Zeke, I'll take the next one. Ohio State. I mean so do you if Zeke went down, do you think the the handcuff, the next guy up would be Weber or Pollard? I think Weber like I said, I think a lot of teams are moving to this two like a like a spread offense running back and then like a like a tighter formation running back. I think Weber would be a tighter formation running back, Pollard with the the pass catching role. I love it. Love it. Great analysis. Now, what, what grade did you give B. Haynes? I gave him a B. B for B. Haynes. B for B. Haynes. Hey, he <laughs> loves the letters, so why not? There you are. He already has a capital B there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know him, bro. B. Haynes. All right. Next on our list. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. Coming in with the one... What what pick did he start with? One, one three. One, one three. three. And he actually he still kept that pick even after the trade up to one one. Yeah, that trade up to one one was great. Getting Josh Jacobs. Looks like he might be a three down back. If not, he will get most of the carries, in my opinion. Yeah, Josh Jacobs um, is a, a slam dunk and Matt is a Raider fan. Like what other? What else do you want? It's like getting Zeke as a Cowboy fan in your rookie draft. You know what I mean? You've got to be ecstatic. Um, I'm surprised Matt wasn't jumping up and down with joy when he got Josh Jacobs. I was happier for him, it seemed like. Um, I just watched a ESPN mini documentary on him. Comes from hum- humble beginnings, man. And this guy, he, he's on a mission to, uh, to become one of the best. And... I think, um, you know, on the Raiders, they're going to give him the opportunity. They're going to give him a ton of touches. 
Mike Mayock isn't going to put his name on the line in his first ever NFL draft and take a running back in the first round if they're not going to use him. Yeah. So yeah, that was a joint decision. I just want to keep going because a lot of people have talked about how John Gruden has used his running backs in the past. You look at production from Charlie Garner, Tyrone Wheatley, you know, these old Raider backs, and they were in a committee before the committee started. So it's interesting. There has been a lot of speculation that Josh Jacobs is just going to be a committee guy. You know, he's not going to be the focal point of the offense, and I think that's rubbish. Like, I think he becomes the the focal point instantly. Mike Mayock said he's a three-down back. Man. So if there he gets he gets three down roll and possibly So to all you doubters out there, you hear it. I mean, everything that you've been seeing, you need to believe it. And but, and Matt's next pick, I mean, Matt Nagy said David Montgomery, it's nice to have a three down back. Oh my god. Matt <laughs> <laughs> pickles winning. Yeah, that was a great pick. Uh you know David Montgomery, he was an interesting one going in. Um, a lot of people didn't like his running style, didn't think it'd be fit for the NFL, and he didn't break off enough big plays, not, not enough acceleration. I think he went into the perfect spot, lots of vacated carries with Jordan Howard. He can also catch the ball, um, so he's not as one-sided as a Jordan Howard, and he's cheaper. They got his control now for five years, four years. So, uh, yeah, David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I mean, uh, best pick, obviously, Josh Jacobs, man. Yeah, uh, he's still, he's got a lot more of the, in the draft. Let's keep going. Oh. Third round. Okay. David Sills, 3-3. I know you didn't like this pick when he made it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was a little bit of a Stretch reach. Stretch Armstrong. Well. <laughs> Stretch Armstrong in it, you know, Pickle Rick in it. I, uh, I just think Pickle probably wasn't prepared to look at those that third round players at the time. I think Pickle or was was not pay attention to the draft. He got Josh Jacobs and checked out. I think yeah. he was like, "My work here is done." No, no, he got Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery and checked out. The funny thing is, though, is he got Montgomery first because he ended up trading out of the one six when one six came up. So it went. Ryan took Josh Jacobs. Two was Nikhil Harry. Three was David Montgomery. Four was Hollywood, five was uh, DK Metcalf, and then six came available with Henderson on the board. And uh, Ryan saw the opportunity there, but I think, you know, things might have went different if uh, if Matt selected Jacobs at one one. I'm not sure if he would have went Montgomery, but it was a great pick. I would have, I would have either way, but you know, his uh, strategy could have been different. But yeah. Um, he also selected Antoine Wesley, was a Ravens receiver selected. He picked him in the fourth round, third pick in the fourth round. And then Will Disley. Will Disley from Seattle, tight end. Uh, Seattle just traded for Baby Gronk, like Sean likes to call him. And, uh, yeah, Will Disley's going to be irrelevant pretty soon here. <laughs> I, I think Will Disley's coming back from injury. Yeah, uh, he, he's coming back from an injury. injury. Um, he actually had a decent stretch last year. Fantasy footballers gave him a nickname. They called him Big Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just one of those guys, you know, I think uh, I think they're, they're going to move past. Um, just seems like it that way. Yeah, I think, I think he already dropped him. 
Did he Sunday. really? Yeah. Oh wow, that was quick. Who dropped him? Who dropped uh, who first? Scarlet or Disley? First. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good been, question. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> All right, so best pick. Um, this one could have gone either way to me. Who do you think was his best pick? Oh, I thought it was Josh Jacobs, yeah. hands down. Uh, yeah. I wasn't really feeling David Montgomery with the landing spot, though. I think it was a great pick, but I think Josh Jacobs is the clear, the clear winner in this draft. I feel it. I um, feel it. Best value. I mean, I feel like he really only had those two, his first two picks. I think David Montgomery was a, was a pretty good pick. I actually, I flip-flopped those, so I, uh, I looked at best pick. And I was like, David Montgomery at 1-3, solid pick. A lot of people taking him at 1-2. You know, him, Sanders, or Harry, those guys are pretty much the guys up top. And then best value, I gave Josh Jacobs because of what he gave up to move up to 1-1. I thought it was just incredible value. You know, we we watched Saquon Garner, three first-round picks, and then uh, Matt only had to give up two. Two mids, so great value. Great value there. Great trade. Great trade. Um, yeah. So as far as his draft grade, oh wait, we got one more thing. Biggest reach. I think we can agree on this one. Sills. Sills. He's 30. probably not starting. Yep. He's gonna have to work to play on that team. Yeah. Thirty-one overall. There was plenty left on the board at that. At that pick that you could have got someone. I thought he was going to go Isabella at that I time. I mean, uh, Deontay Tom- Johnson was on the board still at that point. I think Isabella was on the board. Isabella was on the board. Hello. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, other than that, draft grade for the pickle, what would you give him? I mean, those first two picks were amazing. Yeah. Good. I mean, he did get, what, two picks in the top or something yeah so i mean just having that alone is always always great um after that it kind of fell off um just because of the 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 misses on the later picks i'm gonna have to give him a b plus yeah i gave him a b and it was for those same reasons and then also gave up the uh 2020 first which he got back by trading away Corey davis so he basically uh yeah, downgraded his receiving cores a little bit, giving away Corey Davis and Calvin Ridley, but gained Robert Woods. Yeah, his 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 team is looking pretty nice coming next season with Le'Veon Bell, Josh Jacobs, and David Montgomery. Yeah, the running backs, backs in flex position. Geis on the bench too. Yeah. So that that's what's nice about Geis now, Matt, is you're kind of in a position where you're covered. You've you've got starters. Um, it'd be nice, of course, if he played, but you're not banking on him anymore. You know, he's he would he's a would be nice. So uh, good job on covering yourself on that. Yeah, he's Pickle Rick was one of my runner ups for most improved team. Nice, that's an amazing move. All right, all right. So now one two one two El Guru, originally selecting at the one two. Man, that music cracks me up every time. Yeah, it's hilarious. Guru had one pick. 
One pick. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Uh, he, probably, you th- how long before Drew Locke starts in Denver? Ooh, I think he starts this year at the end. The end of the year? At the end of the year. Yeah, I think once they're out of playoff contention, they're going to have to see what they got in their quarterback selection with Drew Locke. You don't think Flacco can put him in playoff contention? Man, just my opinion, I don't. That that division is stacked, man. You're looking at Kansas City taking it probably. You got the Chargers at wild card. Yeah, that's Or true. vice versa. And then I think that the Raiders, you know, they're going to be competing with the Broncos for last place in that division. So, Very uh, true. Yeah. Very true. So, um, yeah, Drew Locke, I mean, all the other picks, like you said, he traded away for what we got Derek Carr, Devontae Parker, Devontae Freeman, A.J. Green. I'm sure he got more. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I mean. He, he went from a million picks to no picks and a whole bunch of players. In the last six months, Guru went from trying to contend to liquefying picks to trying to contend to liquefying picks again. And then now he's trying to contend again. Yeah, I, I'm liking his receiving core: AJ Green, Robbie Anderson, Devontae Pettis. Yeah, Derek yeah. Carr. Dante Pettis will be interesting, you know, uh, with these receivers that the Niners drafted. I think there's, of course, room for Pettis. It's just uh, where I wonder, you know, which where he's going to fit in the whole. Where thing. is the air raid system? Yeah, yeah, we need more receivers for that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're saying. Uh, What's what's his, what the what's the guy in the Cardinals coach? Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Kingsbury. Kingsbury saying five wide receivers on the field, man. <laughs> Running. Like Shanahan <laughs> can pit four out there easily. Yeah, with a uh, Goodwin, and then uh, we got Kittle too. You know, he's Goodwin, Pettis, Devo. Yeah, Hurd. You got Kittle tight end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we got running backs too. Running backs galore. What I love about the Niners' offense is just you don't know who the fuck is going to be on the field and where they're going to play because everyone could do different things. That's the new NFL, man. It is. It is. <laughs> NBA too. You look at guys like Giannis, different positions, one through five. You know. Yeah. Look at Green. Yeah. The Warriors he started that shit. Yeah, <laughs> not really, but. <laughs> um, yeah, but Guru. Um, Jeez, I mean, do you want to give him any type of grade, or do we just pass on the guru here? Uh, yeah, I gave him my most improved team award. Yeah, I think that's about it. It's not really fair to give him a draft grade with only one selection. So let's go ahead and move on to the 1-1. Who was last place in our league last year? <laughs> Sharknado, last place commish. Sharknado. Mr. Shirt, you got to rock the shirt coming soon. The shark himself. We're going to have to take you to Hooters once you get, uh, you know, once you get that shirt. And then uh, we're going to have to take one nice family picture at Hooters with the women. And then you're going to be right in the middle wearing that pink fantasy football suck shirt. It's going to be epic. The I Suck It Fantasy Football shirt. Yeah, hell yeah. With all the Hooters women, just right in the middle of all of them. Yeah, there wasn't a feeding frenzy last year for the Sharks. Oh, man, there was not. Not like there is in the NHL playoffs this year, man. Yeah, Hopefully, and- you know, the NHL playoffs will uh, do something for the actual Shark, shark squad. Because, man, that should be motivation. 
You yeah. see these San Jose Sharks never been to the Stanley Cup final. They're clawing, fighting their way, finning their way up there. And then you got the commission himself, last place in his own league. Crazy. So uh, originally at the 1-1, he ended up with the 1-10. A.J. Brown selected at 110. Um, Your top wide receiver. How do you feel about that landing spot? That landing spot hurt my feelings. (laughs) I was really hoping the Niners would draft him with the second round pick, and we had the opportunity. And it... Kyle Shanahan thought different. So we're going to roll with what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan believe, that Debo's the better fit for our offense. But I stick to my guns. A.J. Brown, best receiver in this class. Um, I think he turns into the number one at Tennessee. If anyone's going to get targets, I think it's him. You know, um, I, I, I think there's only up to go from here for that Tennessee offense, just like Baltimore. Very run heavy. Anytime they passed, it just looked atrocious. Looked like they were forcing it. Well, yeah, Mariota was was on and off hurt for a lot of the season, but right. when, when he's on, he's on, and uh, that's a great asset to pair with Corey Davis in that offense. Yeah, there was a while last year after I traded away uh, Mariota in the Rodgers trade, where he outperformed Aaron Rodgers a few weeks straight. Yeah, he and did. You were the I was one pointing it out it. to me. Yeah. Right? I think it was like four or five weeks yeah, straight he did. after. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, all you guys that are still thinking that Jesse got trade-raped for Aaron Rodgers, you need to uh, put down the pipe and look at the facts. I don't know about that. <laughs> now That's um, a different discussion. Who's Sharks' number two pick? Number two pick was in the third round. Justice Hill, 3-4, Baltimore. Yeah, that that was. Uh, I like that pick. Um, I like that pick, too. Five. Someone picked my tight end. I, I was definitely moving towards one of these running backs. And I like Justice Hill. He's going to be, I feel like, the pass-catching running back. And uh, when they start spreading it out, spreading out these wide receivers on the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. The guy had a killer combine. He led running backs in almost every single category, like 40 bench press. He was top three in long jump, vert. All that stuff. Three cone, he was killing it. So Justice Hill, great prospect. Landing spot's a little crowded, but at 3-4, I see why you did that. Yeah, I, I see him just running into that receiving role. You know what? We talked a little, bl- a little bit about Brandon Haynes, how he picked Chubb. How he moved up to pick Chubb, and they had he was like third on the depth chart when Brandon selected him. Third or fourth or something. He had, they had Hyde, they had... All these different guys. And uh, I'm looking at the Ravens situation, and it's similar. They just signed Mark Ingram, just like the Browns just signed Hyde. They both got Gus Edwards, and you know you got a couple of backs back there. You got Gus Edwards, and you got Dixon. The Browns had uh, Duke Johnson, and had somebody else. Hyde. Hyde. And then thought there was one other. But anywho... Similar situation where a guy just seems buried on the depth chart. Like, who knows? It was Crowell on the Browns. Yes, Crowell. See, yeah, great, great memory there. Yeah, so I look at Justice Hill. It's a similar situation. He looks buried right now, but you never know. I I, I think he just runs into that pass catching role. They really didn't have, like, a, a speedy running back on the team. Yeah. And they're going to need someone when, when they're in these spread formations yeah. to be that speedy running back. 
Kenneth Dixon was in that pass catching role, but he was, I, but he doesn't really fit it. He's not as fast either. He's not as like fast. He's not as explosive. I, not like a, one of those type of guys. This, yeah, this guy Justice Hill. Um, he's fast. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he's Oklahoma fast. Oklahoma State. He's, he's got the pedigree. He's dope. Good pick. So three six. Another guy we like, Darwin Thompson. Uh, later traded to Jesse for Benny Snell, who was selected uh, around ahead of uh, around ahead of Darwin. So Darwin was earlier earlier selection there. Um, you know that was a fair trade. Darwin side. We probably both like the Darwin side, but um, fair trade. And then at three ten, Gary Jennings of the Seahawks, another just wide receiver dart that Shark is throwing. I think that is the closest to the Baldwin replacement in that offense. Nice. Doing like some more inside type of routes. Yeah. Well, Baldwin played outside for a long time too. So, uh, um, Gary Jennings like I mean, the underneath routes. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Well, whereas it, Lockett was the field stretcher on that team. Right. But like I said, like. The, the number one wide receiver is dead because they change depending on the play, depending on what's going on. So they just want to look for mismatches. But when I said a Doug Baldwin replacement, I meant playmaker in the offense, the guy that's getting the ball in the play actions, the guy that's targeted. Yeah, they they have him listed here as the, the West Virginia's vertical slot wide receiver with Will Greer in a 4-4-2 at the combine. Had a pretty good career. 2,200 yards. Yeah, Greer fed him. Yeah. Uh, nice then, pick. Yeah, so that's a decent pick for sure. And then in 4-1, Nick Foles, starting quarterback. Can't be mad at that. You know, those fourth-round picks, like I said, they typically get thrown away. Yeah, or, I was wondering when someone's going to pick up Foles. Yeah, traded. So that was a nice little pick up there. My best pick for the Shark was A.J. Brown, number 10 overall. What about you? Um. Yeah, I would... Uh, best pick, I would, might, yeah, best pick, probably A.J. Brown, best value, Justice Hill. Yep, I agree. I thought he he was probably going a little earlier in most drafts. Yeah. He went to the third round in ours. Mm-hmm. 32 overall. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then for biggest reach, I would say Gary Jennings. I don't think anyone else was really looking at him in the third round. So uh, I think, you know, you could have got him where Joel got Stanley Morgan Jr. Yeah, you could have got him late. Fifth yeah. round. But yeah, I mean, still, you look at the uh, the um, upside that Shark got in his draft here. I gave him a B as well. So I gave him a B for I loved the AJ Brown pick. I loved the Hill pick. Uh, Thompson was solid, but after that, you know, Gary Jennings, Nick Foles, that was, that was pretty good. I'll bump it up to a B plus. I'd say Nick Foles is actually best value. That's a good coming into just getting a starting quarterback. I took Justice Hill at best value, but yeah, Nick Foles can easily be that best value. So yeah, good choice. Yeah, amazing playoff run. Yeah, I'm gonna bump that up to a B plus for Shark now that I'm looking at it. But that was with Darwin Thompson. I understand the swap with Benny Snell because you have James Conner. So yeah, B plus. Good job. Uh, what would you give him? Yeah, I, I was going to actually say B-plus before you bumped up bumped to my up. grade. Because <laughs> uh, that Darwin Thompson pick, yeah, that was that was great. I see, I yeah, when you have Connor, you kind of want the backup. Not necessarily, but yeah. And then he also picked up Ty Johnson off the waivers. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, I mean, that was another nice little pickup from the Shark. Shark. The speedster. Shark. In the Lions backfield. I feel like you're always you're always quick with those pickups after the draft. You know what I mean? He's always he's always on the waiver wire hype, and he knows what's out there and what's not. Has a good grasp of it. So, yeah, I mean, good pickup. A lot of these guys here, like we said, they have upside, but their dart throws at this point. They're going to be buried behind the depth chart in most cases. So we'll just have to see how things shake out. In your case, it's not mine. My guys come right into starting roles, man. Uh, I don't know about that. Irv Smith, I mean, Kyle Rudolph isn't traded yet. You know, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Outside Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, Right into starting roles. You didn't have that many players to choose from, so. <laughs> two players right into starting roles. There you go. Congrats <laughs> on your two players. <laughs> but, yeah, great draft, everybody. Um, you know, I'm glad that we were able to get past all the drama in the beginning. Let's try to keep the drama out next time. Let's try to be on time, everyone. This is a, maybe a better setup. Yeah, Kamish, try to coordinate a little bit better. Yeah, just whenever the draft, like have a draft start time. Yeah, let's, let's have it time. all official. Like, let's make a Facebook event for it if needed. Let's let's make let's make it official now. Like, but yeah, we made it work with what we had, and it was great seeing everybody. Oh yeah, once the draft started, it turned out great. Yeah, thank you to everyone that came out, and again, Panda, for hosting us. This has been another episode of the Shark Tank Dynasty, and uh, we will talk to you next time. So international. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Have a great Peace. day. Peace.